branding is, is not something that you can just sort of set and forget, right? You have to continue to e evolve it and, and grow it over time. Welcome to Mastering Your Exit Strategy. I'm your host, Christine Trumbull, a certified exit planning advisor, CPA, and certified tax strategist. I've spent the last 30 years working with owners to grow and scale their businesses, and then went on to help my own husband grow his. After his passing, I moved to the next chapter, ensuring seamless transitions for family-owned and closely held businesses. Each week, we're talking to experts about growth and transition, so you can not only simplify exiting your business, but also get as much wealth out of your business as possible. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. This is Christine Trumbull, and this is Mastering Your Exit Strategy. And today we have Reggie Holmes. He is the founder and creator, creative director of Enthuse Creative. So welcome to the show, Reggie. Thank you for having me, Christine. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Yes, it's great to have you here. So let's start off with, uh, what do you do at Enthuse Creative? Uh, sure. So I am a uh, brand strategist and designer. So uh, in my day-to-day -day work, I, I partner with business owners uh, to help them to figure out uh, what their brand is all about um, and the best way to communicate that to their audience. So um, I work as a consultant, and then I also work as a creative, actually executing um, on the strategy that we come up with for the brand. So that looks like a lot of talking one-on-one -on -one with business owners trying to ask great questions and, uh, you know, figure out solutions. And then a lot of design here uh, at my computer uh, coming up with creative ideas to help people understand what's so great about their brand. Okay. So what is branding? Sure. Uh, so branding is one of those things that is, uh, is everywhere. Uh, everyone sort of kind of has their own idea about it. Um, I like to say that that branding is uh, well, a brand is uh, an entity's uh, understood uh, and perceived unique value. So it is what people know and understand about what makes you uh, unique and valuable to them. So uh, it's really about perception. It's really about um, position and you know, I think brands do three things. They are there to identify, uh, to connect uh, the business to the customer, and to differentiate. So in the process of connecting, they also uh, show people how one thing is different from another. So I think the best brands do all those things. And branding is really just the process of, of creating that brand, of creating that identity, uh, creating that connection and creating that, that difference in the mind of the customer. So, so branding is, is the verb, it's the action, the activity that goes into uh, really defining and crystallizing what that brand is. Okay. And then is that, is that similar to marketing? Uh, it is similar to marketing. So I think that you, the difference, as I would say it is, uh, so branding is a little bit more uh, about pulling in. And uh, marketing has a pulling in element to it, but it's also about pushing out uh, because you're 
you're trying to communicate uh, benefits and, and features uh, in order to get the customer or the client or prospect to take some kind of action. So um, I think you need a brand to be able to do marketing um, and branding in, in some sense comes before marketing uh, in, in terms of order of operations and activity. Um, but I think they're a little bit different because uh, marketing is, is designed to get you to take some action, but branding is really, uh, again, about that identity, that connection, uh, and, and that, of course, leads to activity, but it's not necessarily the same thing as you know, the sale or promotion or ad that's designed to get you to have a, a reaction and, and take some kind of action. Okay. What about personal branding? A lot of, we hear a lot about that um, these days. Uh, what, how is that different than, you know, like company branding? Sure. So uh, what I found in my work uh, with businesses and with uh, persons and you know, individuals is that there, there's a lot of overlap. And I think that some of the, the principles that have long been applied just to businesses uh, can apply to individuals and personal branding uh, as well. So if we sort of take that uh, definition, it's really about getting a group of people or an audience to understand your value, your uniqueness uh, as a person, as a, an individual, as a thought leader, as an expert, um, and really trying to, to leverage that through your story, you know, your background, how you got to where you are today, uh, and then that, that unique value that you have within you and that you want to share with the world. So uh, I think they, they are, are very similar, um, but it's really taking those things that we think about in terms of branding from a, a company and really connecting that to a person uh, and, and their story and their journey. So um, it's very similar, but different. Okay. So is, is, is branding important for every business? Yes. Uh, to to uh, sort of succinctly answer your question, yes. I think that um, branding is important for, uh, for every business, uh, for every type of business. Um, some industries or, or sectors will uh, put more emphasis on it than others, but I, I do think that it's become increasingly important um, for one, because again, if we think about you know that definition that I provided, people need to make distinctions between uh, you know one company, one offering, and the other. And so, uh, anything that you can do to carve out space uh, in the mind, in the understanding of your customer uh, for for your offering, your product or service uh, versus someone else. Um, that's going to be valuable. That's going to be important. Um, there's not really anyone that is doing, they're the only one doing something. And so, you know, no one can sort of claim uh, a space of uniqueness in the sense that there's no one else, you know, in, in that space. Uh, and so if you can say that you are that fortunate to be in a business where your your business is the only one doing it, uh, then perhaps you you don't need to to do branding. But if you are in a business where you have competition, you have others who uh, who offer similar products or services, you're going to have to differentiate. You know, and 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 um, if you want people to 
understand what makes you great and why they should identify with you and connect with you, then yeah, branding is going to be important. So what not, so I can't think right off the top of my head of any company that is, is truly unique other than those like Amazon and Apple and Microsoft and Google. I mean, but that's, that's the extreme minority. So if, you know, assuming (laughs) that they're (laughs) predominantly or isn't, there, there is no company out there that doesn't, that is, is, is so unique that they don't have competition other right. than the ones I just mentioned. What happens if a company doesn't actually pay attention to their branding? Sure. Uh, great question. So um, over time, there uh, can be a, a situation where customers um, are not, they just become unclear. And so that lack of clarity uh, leads to confusion um, and, and, it leads to uh, them wanting to seek something elsewhere, to seek you know, clarity, to seek uh, someone or some entity that uh, speaks better to their needs. Uh, that's the thing that we have to keep in mind when it comes to branding. Um, branding is, is not something that you can just sort of set and forget, right? You have to continue to e- evolve it and, and grow it over time. It's, it's very much like, the way that people develop, you know, the way you were when you were 30 is different than the way you were when you were 40 and so on and so on, you know, throughout your life, you uh, are, have much the same qualities, but you change, you know, things, things evolve. And so people need to think of their, their brands that way. But, um, you know, I think that it's important to just always keep your customer front and center. And uh, if you don't pay attention to your brand, if, if branding is about making that connection and that perception really clear in the mind of your customer, if you take your eyes off your brand, that means that you're taking your eye off your customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your, your customer uh, in, in today's marketplace, again, they have choices, right? They're going to make, uh, if, if all things are somewhat equal, they're, they're going to decide to uh, go with the company or the product or service that they feel like best meets their need. And so um, the, the danger in, in not paying attention to your brand is that really when you think about paying attention to your brand, it's about paying attention to your customer. And so that means that, you, you know, you, you haven't necessarily put the right amount of attention on them. Um, and that just allows them to seek options that better, you know, meet their needs that better speak to what their problems and challenges are today. Whatever your customer was facing, you know, five years ago, given everything that's gone on in the past few years, it's it's, it's bound to look different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if they have the same basic challenges, the way that we're looking at them today is different than than five years ago, than even two years ago. So, um, so as a business, it's important to pay attention to your customers. Uh, so, your brand can adapt and evolve in the right way. Right. So do you think that if a company is not actively building and creating their brand, do you think customers will do it for them? Yes. If we think about branding being um, a product of, of perception, mm-hmm. then yes, that perception will will change and trend in, in the wrong direction. And so I, I think that um, there's a, a lot of interesting discussion about sort of who owns the brand mm-hmm. um, because the business has the first day, but they don't necessarily have the final day, right? right? So 
the marketplace is going to, you know, you sort of speak and say, this is who we are. This is, this is our position that we've carved out. Uh, and the marketplace will either say, uh, yes, we agree. We perceive you in the same way, or we look at you differently. And so there's this kind of um, dance back and forth, you know, a little give, a little take uh, in terms of, of uh, perception and, and position in, in the market. And so, uh, yes, if the business can't just dictate to the, the customer uh, who they are and how they want to be perceived, um, they can suggest and they can demonstrate. Uh, but yes, ultimately, um, the marketplace will sort of respond back and say, okay, we, we agree with how you position yourself. We, we concur or we, we see it differently. And then it will be on the brand at that point to respond, to either you know, seek a new positioning or try to do things that reinforce the way that they wanna be perceived. So. Right, okay. So um, what are some of the things that, so let's say you know, a company initially didn't pay attention to their branding and um, you know, customers kind of defined it for them. What can a company, a com- yeah, what can a business do to either alter that or change their, strengthen their brand? Sure. So investing in uh, listening to uh, their customers is one thing that every business can do. And uh, the beauty of that is that no matter uh, the size or, or scope of your operation, um, if you have a, a one customer you can uh, pay more close attention to what that customer needs and wants. And so uh, I think that having systems in place where uh, you can really um, gauge the sentiment of your customer at any given time, um, better understand what it is that they want and need out of your product or service is a, a great place to start. Um, I think brands that can uh, it, it acknowledge how they have failed to uh, live up to their brand promise. So implicit in any sort of brand positioning is a promise that that brand is making to uh, the customer. Um, and so where a brand can identify and own up to how it has you know, failed to, to live up to that, uh, that promise, um, it can start to make changes. And, and so I think that that's another thing that, uh, that brands can do um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, overly dramatic or it doesn't have to be, um, you know, this thing that is looked at as a negative thing. It's an opportunity to grow. And in the same way that uh, businesses uh, seek opportunities to grow when looking at their operations or, you know, their sales and marketing mechanisms, uh, they should look at opportunities to uh, align and reinforce and strengthen their brand in the same way. Okay, so um, can you give us an example of, of uh, you, you kind of, you, um, you sort of defined brand brand promise. So can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit more and maybe give an example of that, of what brand promise looks like? Sure, so um, I think about uh, a company like, so let's say, uh, Chipotle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fast casual restaurant. So several years ago, uh, they had, you know, an incident or several incidents actually where um, their food, you know, had 
uh, people got sick. People got sick eating their food. So um, they uh, had an opportunity to kind of look at, you know, what went wrong in terms of how their food was produced. Um, but they also, as a brand, said, okay, we're going we're gonna to make an even stronger commitment to uh, natural um, ingredients and, you know, making sure that we source from specific types of, of farms. And um, we're going to let people know, we're going to be more transparent about where the food comes from and how the food is put together. Uh, there, there was always uh, this idea that you, you walk into uh, that restaurant and some part of the appeal of it is that you can see your burrito, you know, from one side to the other, you can see what goes in it and see how it's made. But um, when people got sick from those ingredients, there was this sense of, of uh, betrayal, right? For, from that promise of, you know, fresh uh, ingredients that, that are going to be healthy, right? It's, right. It's the food is designed to do the opposite of make you sick. Right. Um, so, so they had an opportunity to uh, address that. And, and, you know, they did that by sort of saying, okay, we're going to be more transparent about the process in which our food comes together. Um, we're going to actually, you know, if you notice after that, they did commercials where um, they, they showed uh, real people in real kitchens, like talking about the process of putting the food together. They, they, you know, had commercials where uh, it was animated, if I believe correctly, but it, it sort of showed the process of, of, you know, them from the farm to the restaurant and how, you know, they were trying to protect the environment. Uh, they were trying to be responsible in terms of, you know, the resources and, and stewarding them to, to make everything happen as far as the food that they put together. Um, and they responded, right? The, the, their position in the market responded and, you know, they've done well since that time. So I think that's an, you know, an example of, of uh, someone who, you know, sort of had this implicit promise. Uh, there was a situation where that was damaged, that their relationship with their customer base was damaged because, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they seem to have let down on their promise. And then, you know, there's some things that they did to address that. And, um, you know, they were able to, to overcome that situation that, that happened several years ago. So, right. so hopefully that's a, a good example kind of illustrating how, uh, you know, brands have to be proactive, transparent, own up to, to, um, to the mistake, own up to the letdown, and then uh, make changes that, you know, adhere and align with their core values in uh, order to, win back the trust. It's really about trust. Um, right. That's the great thing that uh, branding is designed to um, create and to transfer, right? It, it's the idea is that when I look at, you know, I'm, I'm using these retail brands, but when I look at Starbucks, I, there's something that I expect in terms of the products, but also the experience when I um, go into a Starbucks and, you know, have it have an encounter with a barista, or if I'm in the drive-through, um, you know, they've established 
the way that that is supposed to um, take place and the way that's supposed to look and feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I go to a Starbucks on the side of the road somewhere far from where I live, uh, I have a similar expectation. And so there's there's sort of an implied trust in that uh, that that is is shorthand almost um, like a language that's spoken when I see that that branding. So. Right. So um, I've heard this term tossed around several times in the branding and marketing arena. Um, What is brand purpose? So um, great question. I I think brand purpose is, uh, you know, why you exist, what what problem um, your brand has been created to address or to solve. Uh, and it's what causes you to do what you do, um, whether you are, you know, the individual expert thought leader or, you know, the big corporation, right? They have a lot of things going on in their business at any given time. Um, to me, it's what, uh, what drives your business activity beyond producing something that people can buy and, you know, making money. So I think people expect businesses to be in it to make money, to be profitable. Uh, But above and beyond that, what are you contributing? You know, what what is your vision for uh, the world and how are you, uh, you know, moving purposefully toward that? So excellent. Excellent. Yeah, this has been very interesting, and, and this is great. So, one last question, because mm-hmm. I'm an avid reader, and I feel that educate ongoing. We have to continue to learn if we're going to continue to grow and move forward. So, sure. what are you currently reading? Uh, great question. So, I um, I just got this book. I'm going to hold it up. Okay. Uh, it's called The Black Experience in Design, and okay. so. Um, I am uh, obviously uh, a black large, man. That's a large book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like 600 pages. Uh, so wow. it's like a textbook. But okay. um, yeah, the experience of uh, African-Americans in design um, is not always something that's covered or talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm very excited to start reading and to learn about uh, other people's experience uh, as, as black creatives in this space. So um, Excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into that. Okay. All right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time with us and talking about branding and a little bit about marketing, but um, it's, it's an, it's a very important issue or topic that, you know, there's, there's too many people in business that don't actually pay attention to it. And then it it goes back to, well, if you're not paying attention to it, it's being created for you and sometimes not in the best of ways. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's something that is uh, easy to overlook. Um, but you know, when, again, if you're not the one paying attention to it, uh, certainly others are, mm-hmm. and you don't have to, um, draw attention to it for it to be attention grabbing. And like you mentioned, it, it might not be in the way that you want or expect. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate your time. So as always, thank you all for joining us today. And I hope you found this, um, information in this episode valuable. This is Christine Trumbull with Mastering Your Exit Strategy. So we'll see you next week.